This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Coming up on today's show, as we kick off the week, we hear from Dusty Minky, National Walleye Tour Pro. Spends a lot of his free time on Leech Lake. We'll talk a lot about that, and we'll find out how he's doing on the tour so far. That, a fast five, and much more from Dusty Minky. Plus, we head back to the classroom and check back in with the aquatic biologist, Dr. Andrew Hafes of Bemidji State University. I got my fishing pole keys, tackle box in my hand. Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man. But the wife, she just don't understand. I love walleye, perch, trout, and bass. And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back. Because the fishes all tremble at the thought of me when I'm fishing. If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. Hi, this is Toby Cavalli-Bug of Leisure Outdoor Adventures. Welcome to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Well, today on Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, we get to talk to one of our good friends. It's been way too long. Dusty Minky is back. Dusty, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, we were checking before then to make sure you're still fishing that National Walleye Tour, and you still are, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, we just finished up uh, on Lake Winnebago in Wisconsin here last week. Now, is that the first one of the year or the second already? It's the second. We started really early um, in March down in uh, Spring Valley, Illinois, fishing the Illinois River. Um, really cold conditions. I think I brought some of our frigid freezing weather with me down there <laughs> but it was it was a fun bite uh, it was also tough and cold but uh there's a lot of limits that came in but there you know if you had six to ten pounds a day you were having a good day how did you do in the first two tournaments the first one in spring valley i landed right in about 50th place and then i just wrapped up a nice Ninth place finish at Lake Winnebago. Nice, yeah. That, that is, a, I mean, anytime you can break the top ten, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, no, the top ten is always the goal, or just to land in the money to help pay for the for the fuel and the uh, lodging on the trip, you know. So, you know, it felt real good to land in the top ten. That's always my goal, and uh, sitting good in points now, in about 14th or 15th there in points, so... They take the top 40 to Devil's Lake here in September, so you want to be in that top 40 to get that uh, invite. So tell me a little bit about Winnebago. Winnebago, actually, I think I do well there because it fishes very similar to our northern Minnesota lakes. It's uh, it's shallow. It's got a river system coming in and out of it. Um, it's got smaller lakes uh, connected to it where the tournament was won up in a lake called Poygan. Um, I was targeting main lake rock reefs um, in points 
fishing shallow rocks and like two to three feet of water. And I was using a Northland DP jig with a uh, half a night. Okay. And, um, I'm not real familiar with that lake. How big is it? You know, I don't know acres wise, but it's, uh, I would say it's about 10 or 12 miles long and about six, eight miles wide. So, it kind of it kind of reminds me of the shape a little bit like Lake Malax or like a you know like a Lake Winnebagosh or something like that you know it's it's a little quite a bit bigger than Lake Bemidji but um, but the the lakes that are hooked onto it are um, you know they're not terribly huge so mm-hmm. in some spots it can fish a little small but uh, there was 144 boats in that event and guys were spread out pretty good so yeah and the guys who won. We're in one of the connecting shallow lakes. It only gets about five, six feet deep in those other lake, other lakes. So it's interesting how it can fish. And the guy who won was pulling uh, spinners with planer boards over really shallow weeds. So what's next on uh, on the tournament? So next we go to Pickstown, South Dakota, on Lake Francis Case at the end of June here. So that should be a lot of fun. In the meantime, you get to get you get to fish your uh, your favorite waters up here in our neck of the woods. Exactly. Yeah. Yesterday, I snuck out, went for a few crappies, and uh, I got to about my fourth spot when he finally found a few. So that was kind of fun. But yeah, no, I haven't really even tried to target walleye yet up here. But I'm going to this weekend for sure. What do you expect you'll find? What 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 is your anticipation as far as the bite goes? You know. They just wrapped up an aim event here on Leech, and there was some impressive weights caught. Um, but just talking to friends and, and local guides, uh, and I had a bunch of guys come stay up here for fishing opener, you know. The fishing's pretty good, uh, you know, but some people are struggling, but that's typical of Leech Lake. I think it's just going to get better as the water kind of warms up. Yeah. Um, I think things are still just kind of warming up, you know, like those crappies weren't quite set up you know, in their spots uh, like they are normally this time of year. So things are a little behind, but I I think the bite's going to be really good. And uh, I can't wait to get out this weekend. I'm probably going to have some spot-tailed shiners with me because that's my favorite way to catch them on the jig, on an Elliott rod, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I'm going to also slip bobbers have been a go-to. So if that's the two things you'd have in your boat uh, for any northern Minnesota lake, I would suggest those two things you know i've been talking to people about minnows all spring and what are you finding is it has it been a problem or not so much for you you know not so much i uh, i've been gone but my buddies didn't have a problem getting minnows and i actually did do a little walleye fishing on saturday on on leech and uh no the, the prop it hasn't seemed to be a problem around this area so Guys are getting plenty of spot tails, I think. Okay. Um, besides walleye, what do you like to fish for? Oh, those crappies. And then, you know, it's, I think I've told you before, but I don't admit it very much, <laughs> but I like catching I like catching smallmouth bass. I think pound for pound, they're the funnest fish. And I, on Saturday, I walleye fish, and I caught my biggest smallmouth I think I've ever caught. And it was on Leech Lake, and it did a jig and a shant. It bit a jig and a shiner, but it was twenty, almost twenty-one inches. 
and it was as wide as it was long. So it was it was a good one. I'll, I'll send you a picture, Kev. Yeah. Wow, that's <laughs> – I do – you know, you can't argue with catching bass. I mean, you're right. They're fun, right? I mean, they fight. They're fun. They, they're dramatic. They're, it's, it's hard to – I mean, they don't taste that great. So, you know, you just, oh. we, we just put them back in the water. <laughs> yeah. T- I mean, tug for tug, they're just – they're such a mean, cool fish. Like, they're little bullies, those little smallmouths, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, I don't, yeah. re- I don't know if we've talked about this, but uh, I certainly talked with a lot of people about it last year and into this year. And of course, um, electronics is the big, big story, and the forward-facing uh, sonar is a huge, huge story. Some guys love it, others don't. It was big controversy on the Muskie tournament last year. Where do you fall down in that debate? You know, I'm kind of in between because I'm a bit old school. Um, 42 years old, but when I started fishing, obviously, you know, when we got side scan, that changed the, the world. And now we have forward facing sonar. And honestly, if you don't figure out how to, how to use it, you're, uh, you don't have that tool in your box. You're probably going to be missing out, um, on doing good in tournaments, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But there's a time and a place. So on Lake Winnebago, I was not using it. Um, but another local guy, Tom Wynn, took second. He was probably using his forward-facing sonar because he's very good at it, and that's what he's comfortable with. But for me, Spring Valley, I didn't use it. Uh, they don't seem to work too well in rivers. By the time you see the fish, it's it's gone. or The current, you know, it's very tough. But uh, if you're not using one on the natural lakes up here, you're really missing out because uh, it is an incredible piece of machinery. Um I do think certain things will have to happen. Like, they're going to have to maybe lower some limits. Uh, where I was in Wisconsin, their limit is three fish now. I think the angler is getting better at using it, um, and it's it's lethal on catching a lot of fish. So I, I'm right in the middle with it. Uh, you know, they, I think it's a shame they took it out of some tournaments, Um like for me, if you're going to fish a tournament, I got all that stuff internally built into my boat. And if they're going to try to start banning it, you know, how am I going to take all that stuff out of my boat? Or how am I, how am I going to monitor the other guy that he just doesn't flip a switch and have it on? Right. You know, so I think it's something you got to learn. It's something you got to have. It's not something you necessarily need to be a successful fisherman, but it definitely should be a tool in your toolbox. Okay. And yeah, I'm 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 assuming like you said not in this particular lake, but I'm assuming the tournament guys are using it quite frequently. Oh yeah, I I know the guys who won the aim on Sunday and and anyone in the top five, I can almost guarantee you they were using the Ford chasing sonar. All right. Well, as we as we get into you know the warmer weather, what are some of the signs? Because I you know it's not really date based; it's more you know, environment-based. What are the signs you look for that to indicate to you, okay, maybe we're done with jig and minnow and we got to start thinking about another presentation? I think, yeah, that's a great question. I think the biggest thing I watch is the water temp and just trust your electronics. Um, you know, I drive around with side scan a lot, and, and if you're not marking fish, uh, you know, you got to you got to mark fish to catch fish. So I really trust my electronics when it comes to that, but Typically, you know, like towards the end of June, the, the shiner bite, you know, kind of dies off. And then I, I'd like to start 
pulling spinners or, you know, really using that slip outer and a leech with the, with my Lorance active target. So I have a hard time now just, just going out and fishing a spot or making like a, you know, 200 yard pass because we caught him good there, you know, a couple of years ago. Now I, I, I have to see them on my electronics. Uh, otherwise, I, I typically won't fish that area, if that makes sense. National Walleye Tour Pro and all-around good guy, Dusty Minky, on the show today. we got a lot more to cover with Dusty next, including, of course, a Fast Five. I'm Jason Durham, the smarter and better-looking Jason, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu this is Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest, and you're listening to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Dusty Minky, my guest, he's a National Walleye Tour Pro, fishes walleye waters all over the upper Midwest and nation. But our neck of the woods, obviously, you, you spend a lot of time on Leech Lake. It's it's hard to argue with that lake, isn't it? Yeah, it's just so cool. And when the wind blows from, you know, there's always a spot you can go and fish and, and do pretty good. and. Just the different fingers and bays and all the rocks and weeds and in the big shallow flats. It's just, uh, I think it's a great place to live and, and, and be able to fish here a lot because being a tournament angler, I can, I can hone a bunch of different skills. Like, uh, I know in the middle of August, I can go start pulling crankbaits out there and catch them, you know. So that's something a guy has to work on too is, uh, you know, getting your crankbaits dialed and, working on the depths or how far down and one thing i've learned too on the forward facing sonar is how many fish are two three four feet off the bottom i think for many years i fished too close to the bottom and i'm learning that these fish that are active that are feeding are a lot further off the bottom than than you think i know several years ago i did a a, a series with uh, al moss and and basically it was you know the different parts of leech lake and i mean we did entire episodes on just the different bays i mean it was like doing eight different lakes that's the beauty of leech lake yeah it's it's got walker bay with some deep deep humps and structure that typically gives up your big fish um yeah, and then the rocks, that's probably my favorite thing, is fishing rocks on the main lake. And, and then weeds, you know, weeds are full of fish, so it's got everything. And, of course, you know, um, you're a special breed of cat if you're if you're fishing muskies, but it is a pretty incredible muskie fishery, too. Yes, it is. I, I was more into muskies back, back in my college days at Bemidji State, and I... Honestly, I don't even think I have any of that tackle anymore. But, no, I see them out there, and i got buddies who got the fever. I just I think I'm afraid of getting a fever. If I get that fever, I might sell all my walleye stuff. You know what I mean? Well, that's what happens, yes. <laughs> yeah, like those, those guys are, like, living in their boats trying to chase one fish. Like, I don't get me wrong, I'll go catch one, but I like I like catching fish too much. 
Like, I want to go out and catch 20 walleyes or 20 crappies, you know. Getting two follows a day, that's tough for me. I got to set the hook. I don't think I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) But then there's guys on certain days when they when they see the right weather and they go out there and get, you know, a handful of bites, I mean, it probably makes it worth it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and, you know, I talk to guys like Kevin Cochran and Steve Sapaniak, and these are guys that's, I mean, 90%, well, for Kevin, it's 100% of what they do is guide for muskies. So there is, there is a hunger for it out there. That's a fact. Oh, big time. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the coolest, biggest fish in the lake. So why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, anything else uh, that you want people to know? Not much. I'm just looking forward to uh, fishing some local events up here, and uh, and I'm going to, you know, focus on doing good and keep, keep the ball rolling on the National Walleye Tour. Um, and I can't wait, you know, for this holiday weekend coming up and getting out with some friends and family and doing a fish fry and, you know, all that fun stuff we look forward to this time of year. What are some of the uh, local events we'll see at? We're going to be at the Leech Lake uh, Walleye Tournament here in Walker. Okay. Um, and I think that's it. I don't actually think I'm going to make uh, the one on Bemidji there. Oh. And I usually do the Graha, but the, the dates just aren't working in my favor. Oh, so. Okay. That's just how it goes. So I'm going to do the Leech Lake Walleye Tournament and then maybe jump into some more local ones as, uh, further into the summer. Well, maybe I'll be handing you a check at Leech Lake next Saturday. Well, that would be awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I finally get back to fishing it with my dad. Uh, it seems like we've had a few years off because of tournament scheduling and stuff like that. So to get back in the boat with him, I really enjoy that and it would be awesome to have you hand me a check, that's for sure. So who's the boss in the boat? Oh, that'd be me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but he he knows when to, he pipes up because I can get a little rammy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he'll pipe up and he'll, and he's also the boss when guys get too close to us. Old Uncle Todd, you don't want to fish too close to him, man. He'll bark you off the spot, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I like so it's that. a little bit of both. Like <laughs> I kind of drive, I drive the boat, but he's kind of still the boss, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> All yeah. right, Dusty. Before we wrap it up, you got time for a fast five? Always. All right, here we go. Fast five. <laughs> Who's with me? <laughs> Question number one: What is your favorite pizza topping, and where is the best place to get that pizza? Oh, I love Hawaiian pizza. And I would have to say my favorite place to get pizza is at Benson's here in Walker. Benson's in Walker, and you are a loud and proud Hawaiian pizza guy. Yeah, I'll eat the pineapples and the the bacon. Oh, yeah, love it. All right, that's a controversial topic, but uh, I'm glad you're (laughs) proud. Yeah, I am. (laughs) Question number two. What is the biggest fish you've ever caught? Oh, man. That's interesting. Um, I would have to say it's a bigger salmon up in Alaska. Stream fishing. Uh, you know, it's like a fly rod. It's probably like 30 pounds or something. I would have to say that's the biggest. Okay. 
Question number three, and based on our previous conversation earlier, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. You have been told you can only fish one lake for the rest of your life. What lake is that going to be? You know, I would probably have to say, and this might throw me for a loop, but I think it would probably be Lake of the Woods. Oh, yeah, that did throw me for a loop. But yeah. for a lot of the same reasons as leech, a lot of fish to catch, a lot of places to fish, certainly even more acres than leech, so... Yeah, it's just got a lot more space, and I think it would just be it would be funner to check out for a long time. Like, I feel like I've covered each pretty good, so maybe yeah. that's why it's making <laughs> a new challenge. Well, yeah, if you're if you're only fishing one place for the rest of your life, maybe you want something that uh, that has a little more discovery into it than than the one you fish all the time. Yeah. All right, question number four: Besides fishing and hunting, what would be your favorite sport? Well, I'm a big hockey guy. My Minnesota Wild disappointed me this year. I really thought this was the team that. So I, I enjoy watching hockey in the winter. Um, like doing a little bit of snowmobiling, you know, stuff like that. Well, being disappointed in the Minnesota Wild, I mean, that's like being a Minnesota sports fan in general. It's just the way it is. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Keep getting dealt the same way on there. One of these years, though, I just got a little bit of faith that one of these years something might happen. Well, you know, I I, uh, I like Bill Guerin a lot. I think he's going in the right direction. I mean, he did, you know, handcuff himself a little bit. I think he made the right move, but it's just going to, we have to tread water a couple of years more and, and then see what happens when some salaries are freed up. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we got a pretty good squad. We'll see what happens. Uh, I would look forward to watching them in the ring, though. And finally, question number five, going back to your school days, what was your favorite subject? My favorite subject in college? Well, at the Michigan State there, I got to help teach a fishing class once. Well, I get, I get that. On, we would hop on the pontoon and go up fishing. Talk about, I don't even know how they gave me credits for that. <laughs> But other than that, I think I really enjoyed like some of my uh, publication design classes, and I went I went to BSU and got a, a marketing degree, and I just think like the fun the fun type stuff that that's what I do in my work now. Like, that kind of helps, I think. Those types of classes, like uh, you know, we videoed some of the hockey games, and you know, kind of was on the radio like you. I had a little show, I think, for one of my classes really? on the local video. Yeah, so nice. I, I thought that stuff was kind of fun. Well, listen, if you ever need a new career, give me a call. We'll see what can happen. I mean, I'm not getting any younger, so. Hey, that sounds good. I could, I could, I could slide into that, I think. Mean. I think you could. It's not like you're yeah. shy. No, I'm not. <laughs> Oh, Dusty Mickey, great to have you on the show. we got a big weekend coming up. We hope you have a great time out there. And uh, next time you're on the water fishing in the National Walleye Tour, good luck to you. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, Dusty taught a little fishing at Bemidji State University. Speaking of fish and teaching and Bemidji State University, it's time to ask the aquatic biologist another question. Andy Hafes joins us next. I'm Jason Durham of Go Fish Guide Service. I'm proud of the efforts my fellow guides and I make to help Kev Jackson sound like he has a clue. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. 
Hi, I'm Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Cast a line this summer and discover the first city on the Mississippi, Bemidji, with over 400 lakes and a 25-mile radius, creates a premier destination for all anglers. With an abundance of multi-species available, you'll catch more fish, bigger fish, and create better stories to last a lifetime. For more information, go to visitbemidji.com. I'm Kevin Cochran, and you're listening to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Ask the aquatic biologist. It's time to once again ask the aquatic biologist, Dr. Andrew Hafes of Bemidji State University. Andy, welcome back. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. So um, one of the topics that I hear a lot of, and it's getting to be less and less as we've seen um, how it plays out, but it's still, when you try to bring muskie into a new body of water where mu- people are not real familiar with muskies, it becomes controversial. They're all worried that the muskies are going to come in and eat all the walleyes. So the question is, uh, are they going to come in and eat all the walleyes? And what have we seen as far as what happens when you introduce muskies into water? Well, this is a really a timely question. We just had a, a large research project wrap up on this. Uh, Camden Glade was the one that was running that, and I'm going to promote his Fish Puke Fridays uh, relative to that. I think that's on Twitter that you can find him. Okay. And, and he's got some cool videos every Friday. So a, lot, okay. a huge diet study we just did trying to assess this exact this exact thing. Um, what we found was that in the diets of muskies themselves, there were not very many walleye. Uh, you know, per muskie, the number of walleye per muskie were very, very low in comparison to uh, the other predators that we looked at, in particular northern pike. So, uh, in fact, the muskies themselves ate more northern than they did walleye. So I think that the tricky part about this question is that you said directly and indirectly. Right? Like in ecology, everything is so meshed. and Sure. Uh, so directly, we don't see them feeding a lot on walleye. In fact, Camden even mentioned to me one time that they would see muskies and walleye swimming together and feeding almost in unison, you know, while they were electrofishing. I thought that was really interesting. The other thing that I thought that uh, throughout that study was that if you think about how many northern pike there are in a lake ecosystem, mm-hmm. it's probably an order of magnitude or more higher than there is muskie in the system. So is there four to 600, you know, muskies in Lake Bemidji? Think about how many northern there are, probably, you know, 40,000 possibly. So quite a few. So if the northerns are eating more walleye and there's a lot more of them in the system, uh, the direct impacts of having northern pike populations that are out of whack is a much bigger deal than having some muskies in the system. It's also, uh, you know, possible that the muskies are controlling uh, the northern pike populations a little bit and limiting their feeding because they're scared of them, you know. So the indirect effects on them is, is huge. The other thing I thought about during that study is that one of the big prey of um, muskie is actually white sucker. And it, there is some evidence to suggest that having uh, too high white sucker populations can be detrimental on, northern, on yellow perch populations. And, you know, while I love yellow perch. So there's those indirect effects, right? Right. Um, so there, wasn't, there was very limited evidence to suggest that muskie in the systems were directly detrimental uh, to walleye populations okay. from our research. Well, and, and certainly the the proof is is in the pudding, as they say. Let's say the pudding is Lake Bemidji. They put the muskies in in 1980. We hear nothing but incredible stories about walleye populations there. Cass Lake, 
tremendous amount of muskies, tremendous amount of walleyes, Leech yeah. Lake. I mean, on and on it goes. I can't think of a lake that has muskies that doesn't also have a very strong population of walleyes. So they're just directly there is does not seem to be a correlation. But yeah, as you noted, and we talk about this for years on this show, the indirect things we don't see, we don't know. Um, yeah. And I suppose we still don't know, but it sure doesn't seem to be leaving much of a ripple effect. Yeah, so all of those systems that you mentioned, the interesting thing is, is it, is it the muskie or is it the system itself is just good for both of those species? Yeah. And those would be those indirect effects, like are the temperature regimes really good? Is the prey base right? All of those types of things. All I can say is that we just completed one of the largest diet studies on predator fish that's ever been done in the United States. And there was very little, little evidence to suggest those direct detrimental effects on the walleye populations. So. All right. Well, there you have it, the semi-definitive word from Dr. <laughs> Andrew Hafes, the aquatic biologist at Bemidji State University. Andy, thanks for stopping by. Uh, I'm just going to throw it out there right now. Uh, bring in your team. We should do a roundtable discussion amongst everybody who was involved. I think that would be a great show. Sure, sure. Let's try to set that up. Okay. Thanks, Andy. F-I-S-H-I-I-N-P-O-P-O-N-I-N-Country.